Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Deep, bro, and we're back, episode 29 of It's Not That Deep, bro. What are you guys saying? How's your day been? You can't answer that, but still, I'm here to listen. I apologise to any listeners with a weak <laughs> heart um, or any listeners that are easily scared. Jesus Christ, man. We're going to end up with casualties. Look, look. <laughs> everyone knows by now my intro. If you don't know, I'm sorry. If you do know, good luck. It is episode 29 indeed. How you feeling, Martin? Oh, over the moon. You are pretty jazzed up today. I am. Number one soul guy here. Soul guy, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's getting me excited, to be fair. Really? Yeah. My attitude. It, it, it's That's setting me like up. Yeah, it's That's setting me up. That's what I like up. to hear. Now, hit the new... For everyone that's listening, <laughs> we have got a new bit of tech well, called it's... the Randy Master 4... Thousand, not three thousand, four thousand. It's such a simple little script, and we've bigged <laughs> it up to be this huge machine. It's just a very small bit of it's code. It's great. It's just great. But it is fantastic, and it lets us randomly select a film in a non-biased manner. So, Martin, would you do me the pleasure of pressing the Randy Master at the count of five, Certainly, four, sir. three, two, one? And the film that we are watching on It's Not That Deep, Bro, episode 29 is Tim Burton's Ed Wood. Wow. We were literally just talking about this film. I knew there were good <laughs> vibes going on today, Martin. I knew it. Yes. Okay. We got it. What, what year is it again? 1994. Year of my birth. Year of your birth, too. Yep. 1994. It's Let's... all lined up. The stars are aligned today. Get That's yourself right. that easy chair, a nice hot beverage, and strap in for Tim Burton's Edward. We will. Compared to your uh, your initial, of course. That's the the whole point is that at the start there's that big hype up to the movie, and then we get to the movie. That juicy information comes in. Ed Wood. So we have to be very aggressive <laughs> at the start, and then. Whatever you say, movie. man. <laughs> what did you think of Ed Wood? Um, I had a lot of questions at the start, but 
I think you left satisfied. Yeah, yeah. So at the end, they got answered. Mm. Well, I mean, I think a good film always does that. If a film can pike a load of questions at the beginning, you know, get you thinking, get you press the blender in your brain and get all these questions going and then come through and follow through with the answers by the end. Oh, depending on what film, though. If it's like... Some films don't do that. If That's what I'm saying. If they don't follow up on the questions that they rise, then... There needs to be a second film. Yeah, to me, that's like yeah. an unsuccessful endeavour. Or unless you're planning on doing more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, good world. But I did enjoy it. I sort of thought Edward was an odd character, really. So then I had this, this question in my head, what happened to Edward? Because based on a... Um, True story. Guy Edward. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, the question that the question that I had in my brain is was answered at the end. So it did everything I wanted it to do. It did everything you wanted it to do. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think the movie can be uh, summarized into there's two scenes. Two important scenes in my head. Um, right, okay. One of them is Edward's first wife when she has her breakdown. Right. I don't know if they're even wives or if they're just boyfriend and girlfriend, but um, she says... Uh, yeah, I think it's just boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, she says something to the effect of you people are all wasting your time making this... Sh you, people, you people are wasting your time making shit. These movies are terrible. Yeah. That's basically what she says. And before <laughs> she has that breakdown, she also walks in and just completely uh, makes an assumption about the whole situation. She's like, I see the normal cast of drug addicts and uh, freaks are here. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's a pretty... It's from her point of view, but it's it's a pretty honest view of like what what is actually going on. There's making films and there's making films sort of <laughs> yeah. thing. They, they, they all stem from ideas, but how that gets executed can cover such a wide... It can look many... Making a movie can look many different ways. So what's the second scene? Is that the second scene you were talking about? So, no, that would be the first situation, and I think that's a pretty good comment on how anyone who wasn't in Edward's instant circle must have viewed the whole situation. Yeah, like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah, from audiences and... You saw at the end, Edward is largely regarded as one of the worst film directors ever. Yeah. And that's a hell of a hell of a statement to label someone with, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... Worst director the worst. ever, yeah. Like, and, he he's dead now. You're telling me that nobody can surpass... Well, not like... Not like everyone should or should be going for that title because not really the best place you want to be in it, especially. But if it's you conjecture, be a, yeah. conjecture in my so, opinion. So, like, it's an opinion. But he's dead anyway. So, like, is that saying like the there's never gonna be anybody worse than him? No, that's and a I, big. That's a big statement. Obviously, this film was made in '94. 
So it's kind of commenting on the opinions of the 70s and the 80s. Because yeah. we saw at the end of the film that a lot of his crew that he'd worked with, they're all dead by like 1985, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a pre-internet opinion. You know, it's a pre... Uh, the idea of Edward being this terrible director. But but I do... I want to know something still. Okay. The, um, one of the characters... Uh, Bunny, mm. Wreckage, Breckowitch. I can't remember his last Beckon, name. Beckenridge. Yeah, Beckenridge. Bunny Beckenridge, it? I think yeah. it is. So long name. Um, with the sex change. Yeah, played by Bill Murray. Yeah, but he obviously this film came out in '94. Mm. By the end of, by the time this film was made, he was still alive. What happened to him? Is he still alive now? Well, I mean, Let's find out. that is is never too far away. Just let no. me find my phone. Let's uh, see. Bunny Beckenridge. Bunny Bunny. Also. Yeah, keep these fine people entertained the, while I find this information. Yeah, yeah. The, the actress in it played their roles very very well. He died two years after the film came out, 1996, at the Damn. age of 93. How old was he? 70. I just said 93. 93? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So he survived the war. Yeah, and he couldn't... He Both was, of them. He was too ill to, um, to promote this film. Yeah. Really? Yeah, when it came out, he was, he was too ill. So what happened? Oh, so obviously that's when... And then, then he died subsequently. Yeah, years, so yeah. um, so there you go. That's the fate of Bunny Beckenridge. Um, I, my second scene that I think is pretty important is throughout the film, it makes sense. If, if Ed Wood is the worst director of the era, he's yeah. going to get compared to the best director considered of the era, and that would be Orson Welles. I don't know what you know about Orson Welles. No, nothing. Okay, so... You know, War of the Worlds? Yeah. That idea. That was written by a man called H.G. Wells. Orson Welles read War of the Worlds over the radio, and it was his version of reading it that caused made it famous. Everyone thought it was a real alien invasion because his, his reading of it was so convincing. Wow. And it, conv it caused mass panic in America when Orson Welles read War of the Worlds. Oh, which okay. gave him a footing to be a film director. And at okay. the, the young age of 26, he made a film called Citizen Kane, which I'm sure you've heard of that. I haven't. You've not heard of Citizen Kane? No. Widely renowned as one of the best films ever made. I have not seen it myself. Neither um, have I, it's on, the, it's on the list. Okay. So we will deal with Citizen Kane. But in a more modern reference to Orson Welles, have you seen... Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, of course I have. The Brain yeah. is based on Orson Welles. Um, did okay. you recognize the voice in the film? No. That well, that, he... that it's not the exact voice. Orson Welles didn't voice the Brain. I was gonna say, but I'm sure if you went back and watched that scene and thought about the Brain, you'd be like, oh, okay, I, I see. Okay. Um, and he he's basically known for having that voice. I'm not going to try and do an Orson Welles because I can't do it. But it's he, fair enough. Yeah, he, uh, he's just, he's a known character for his voice and the way he's very 
no bullshit, Mr. Wells. Straight up. So when we, we get quite a cool scene, I think, with Edward meeting Orson Wells. Yeah, and I was going to say that scene as well, yeah. So Ed obviously idolizes Orson Wells, like he's mentioned numerous times throughout the mm-hmm. film. Yeah. As he's mentioned as a character that Ed is... Other people mention Orson Wells to Ed to point out, this is what you're not, Ed. It's always mm-hmm. like the comparison. Yeah. This wouldn't happen on an Orson Welles film, that sort of thing. Uh, so, But then to Ed, Ed sees Orson as an aspirational figure. Yeah. Someone yeah. he looks up to. Not not a, not competition. Not competition. Yeah. It, 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 he, 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 he appreciates him as an artist. So when they finally get to meet, it, it's pretty interesting because what you, what you see is mutual respect. They both respect one another, yeah. regardless of output. Um, you see acknowledgement. Orson Welles is aware of Ed's work. He says mm-hmm. he uses his name, doesn't he, at one point. Ed doesn't introduce himself as Ed Wood, I don't think, but Orson Welles knows who he is. He does introduce Does he introduce himself fully as Ed Wood Wood, the film director? No, he just says, oh, um, I'm Ed Wood. With D Jr. I'm pretty sure, well, somewhere in that scene, you will find an acknowledgement of Orson Welles acknowledging that he knows who Ed Wood is and his body of work. That was my point. And he... I think the quote that he says is more important than the acknowledgement. Do you know what I mean? But the, the fact that Orson knows, Ed obviously knows who Orson is, but Orson knows who Ed is and gives him advice at the end of their meeting. He says, never compromise on a vision, Ed. So he... he Orson Welles being Orson Welles doesn't need to treat Ed Wood like that. No, of course not, no. But there is a, there's a mutual respect between the two of them, and that take that... The, in the public's perception, the worst film director ever and the best film director ever... Coming together. What would you, wouldn't, what would, w- wouldn't even be in the same room. No, no. They're, they're a class above. Orson Welles yeah. is a proper artist. He, he would never lower himself to Edwards. These people are wasting their time making shit. Yeah. As she says. But it also depends on, like, the person who's the best. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously in the film, Welles... Like, I feel like because it's a film about Ed Wood and Ed Wood idolizes Olsen, he won't put something out there that's um he won't put something out there that's like going against Olsen. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but Olsen could easily put something out there disrespecting Ed. Yeah. There's no yeah repercussions of that happening for Orson Welles, but still, yeah, he could have told him to fuck off, like when he walked over to the table but sort of thing. Again, the guy doesn't look like he's, he's that type of guy. No, they spoke I mean? about film making like they were equal. Mm-hmm. And for that minute, when they were both sat at the table, the worst director ever and the best director ever were on an equal platform, complaining about the same issues and having a conversation as, as me and you are now. To then go... And be the worst director ever, like well, it, as it as like as soon as you get, because obviously at the time he's not thinking he's the worst director ever. No. He's just like, okay, I'm not com- I'm not gonna compromise of my visions. And then 
because what uh, because of the person that I idolize I idolize the most has told me never to, which is the best mm. director. To then be go on to be the worst director ever seems a little bit like to get named that, but it get it get it gets you hit. It's like, almost a comment on on these statements. Like the worst director ever. What's that mean, man? Like that's an opinion. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it, the whole film really is commenting on, you know, just because that he Edward has been deemed the worst director ever. Does that make his story and his efforts worthless? No, of course not, not. at all. What no. we learn from this tale is that despite Edward's, uh, I've never seen an Edward film. Oh yeah, that was another question. We like should... all of these films are they? Actually, they're all real, I'm sure. They're all real. Yeah, I believe so. Made. I saw when I looked up um, uh, Beckenridge, Plan from Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, independently made, 1959. Wow, we should watch fiction. one of these. I'll definitely put these on the list. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bella Lugosi, yeah, the whole thing's completely real. Amazing. Amazing. So, Because all of these films, you like, you get to see them being made, but then... Not even like a little bit of the film is played until uh, until the last film that he and he's not he's not acknowledged until that last film. Yeah, he doesn't get the the recognition. But then it's almost like I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if Plan Nine from Outer Space is actually a better film than his other output, or if it's just because it was the perfect storm of it. He could market it as Bella Lugosi's last ever film, so that. You notice whenever Ed Wood is pitching a film, it's rarely about, like, not to say that he, uh, or Johnny Depp's portrayal of Ed Wood anyway, um, explicitly doesn't care about what the actual content of the film, but when he's pitching the film to a financer, he's rarely talking about, like, the plot of the film. He's talking about, like, ways to sell it. Yeah, yeah, and like that. You know, this this will be profitable for you. Mm -hmm. But that (laughs) that was like an interesting point that I noticed that it's a battle for him actually just to get the film into production. Yeah. Let alone make the quality of the film good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it must be so emotionally exhausting just doing the the dance that you have to do to get people to fund your movie mm-hmm. without proper studio back and that when it actually comes you're like oh i managed to get it so oh I feel God, like this is happening <laughs> i feel like he's doing it to get it in the door so then he doesn't have a um he doesn't have to change the film at all at all because like as soon as you tell them the plot they're all going to be like this is horseshit. But as uh, let's change it like this. Do this, this, and this. But then, as you see, he just goes mental. As Orson once... Welles says, yeah. Citizen Kane, which is his magnum opus and the regarded as one of the best films ever, he says that that's the only film that I didn't let the producers cut get a cut on. That wasn't Citizen Kane. That's what he says. I'll, I will happily go back and watch that scene again because they're obviously talking about Citizen Kane because it's the best film Orson Welles ever made and that's when he's that's what they're talking about. But the, he said that the the they made the box office it was one of the worst box office. That's what he says in the film and that but he it didn't matter because he had no one 
Um, I think we're talking about different bits. I'm talking about the bit where uh, Ed Wood says to Orson Welles, and I hate when producers, he says they always try and bring their friends on when they're not right for the part. I've even had a producer try and edit one of my films once. And Orson Welles says, I hate it when they do that. The only film that didn't happen on was Citizen. Well, he just says Kane, but he refers to it as Kane, but he's talking about Citizen Kane. Mm. So let's do it right now. <laughs> Martin's calling me. Like I Ma- am calling Martin's it. Martin's calling it, and I'm 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 confident on this one. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like more than sure because I know I know the the context of the conversation, and I know exactly why they're talking about what they're talking about. And there it is. Wow, this is live. Speakers bad up, people. Speakers this is live. Up. Boom. Not the box office, the studio hated it. They didn't get to touch a frame. Wow. Visions are worth fighting for. I was wrong. Why spend your life making other people's dreams? I apologize. But, so, my point was, originally, that that message works for either of the filmmakers. And it's so it's it shows a mutual respect from Orson Welles, and that titles such as worst or best film me can mean very little to these the people that actually make the films. Is Orson Welles dead? Orson Welles died. I want to say Orson Welles died in two thousand and one. That's going to be nine eleven. Uh, my Same guess. Year. I know he lived. I've. I like watching. I like Orson Welles' character. There's some decent interviews with him on YouTube. Um, he's very blunt about movie making and the industry. Oh shit! I'm. I'm well off. 1985. 1985. Yeah, 1985. There's How a. Was he? he was 70. He got real big. At the end of his career, there's a. Um, you know the Rat Pack. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, they'd do roasts, um, you know, like a roast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they, they also, you know, Mr. Potato Head from the Toy Story films. Yeah. The guy who voices him is called Don Rickles, and he is known as the original roast master. And the Rat Pack, Don Rickles, and for Ronald Reagan, the American wow. president, he was an actor before he was yeah, president. Yeah, yeah. So they'd all like hang out and do these roasts and Don Rickles would be making fun of Ronald for trying to be a politician and making fun of Frank Sinatra for being in the mafia and calling Dean a drunk alcoholic. And But Orson Welles is there and they all make fun of him for being like a young up and coming star and now he's the size of a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> There's some pretty, yeah. Wow. It's pretty funny. Um, but I think those two scenes show what this whole film's about. You've got this public perception of Ed Wood, worst director ever. But then that once you're behind the camera, he's just a guy. He's And then if I were to pick a third moment in this film that ties all, all of it together, he, Ed Wood, at the beginning of the film to his uh, first partner, is complaining about the hurdles that he's up against, money trying to get films made. Yeah. And he says to her, I don't get it. I'm just a guy trying to make the things that I like. 
Yeah. And that's it right there. But then she says, maybe you should make the money yourself. Raise the money yourself. Yeah. She, she's not like an inherently bad person, that first partner. Like, she does try. It, yeah, but it's not that... I feel like the only the only reason that has happened they weren't together is because of him wearing women's clothes. You think that she, was the entirety of it? Yeah, she went crazy at just the fact that it was like that he was wearing like women's clothes. I I feel like he if he didn't reveal that, which wouldn't be true to himself. Well, he wouldn't have been able to make that film that led yeah. to him meeting all those people. That's that, it, yeah. yeah. So like, if he wasn't true to himself, obviously, it would have, like, been worse for him down the line with the relationship. Sentiment. I thought she went absolutely... Oh, my God. It? It's false. All right. I thought she went absolutely crazy. Obviously, Edward is wrong because he thinks that that other actress is going to finance the film, but she never actually said that. No, she never said it. But the way that his girlfriend responds in that situation is crazy, in my opinion. She's like throwing shit around the room just because she's not cast as the main star of the film. If that woman was financing the film, she shouldn't have gone that crazy. But no. the woman wasn't financing but it. it. Yeah, so but so it, it, it yeah. makes it justified. But yeah. the initial re- reaction was a bit much. And then at the end, it said that she ended up working on... Um, she wrote songs for Elvis. Yeah. So yeah. you could see that her bar for quality was higher than the entire Edward situation. Yeah, like, obviously, 100%. There, there was a certain level of professionalism that she didn't want to let herself sink to. to. And she couldn't... And I, I feel like if they stayed together... What, like, if she helped him with more decisions, like, maybe he would have done a lot better? Commercially, possibly. Um, and then, you know, we've not even commented on the whole, like, uh, what's his first name? Bella, Bella Lugosi thing. Yeah. Obviously. Which, oh, what? The drugs bit. Well, the drugs bit, but just the whole idea that Edward has, like, Objectively, Edward's doing everything correctly. Like, he's like an artistic, inspirational figure. He's funding his own films. He's finding old movie stars, like, that were genuine, like, stars at one point. He's it, a lot of what he does, and that's probably why, like, Orson Welles gives him the time of day. It's not like he ain't trying. No, of course not. Like, the, the whole, it's pretty admirable, like, the effort that he puts into it and the way that. He sells, he makes things happen. I feel like he would have been more um, relevant now. Today, yeah, with yeah, like today. the indie idea and yeah. like Kickstarters and obviously, stuff like that. like, he can just CGI most of this. Mm. Doesn't need that like massive, massive, massive octopus and for it to have like a roller to. Move the, the motor, yeah. yeah the and motor. The, the special to... effects and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like the worst director thing. Dan and Ellis, our good friends in the band and Heart Source, um, keep telling us to watch Tommy Wiseau's The Room, which is yeah. widely, probably post-Edward, that came out, you know, 20 years after this film was made, nearly. Um, when did it come out? The Room came out in, like, 2009. Okay. Yeah, I think. So, that... 
would have taken Edward's place really as like Tommy Wiseau has kind of become the new Edward. Mm-hmm. And the and he, he again it's the same situation. So, he filmed it all himself and he funded it all himself, made the money to Is it supposed to be a bad film then? No, no, no. It's meant to be like his life's work. Right. Fucking put his did an Edward. Like did everything he could to get this film made. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a terrible film well, then. Like I've it, not seen it. I'm not oh, going to comment on it. But like, has it been like, have people said yes, it's a terrible yeah, film? Yeah. That's what I meant. But, you know, people, that that's what, in my eyes, this whole film is about, is disputing that, pinning that label on someone. Does that ever, seeing this film, does it ever, does it ever make you think about your own films that Wait, you would like to make? Like, Well, it makes me think about Putting the hardships. Out, well, though. it makes me think about putting out content in general. And I, I guess the the moral of this movie would be, like, it doesn't matter if you're fucking Edward or Orson Welles. Just do what you want to fucking do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, as, as an artistic person, is the best thing, the best mindset you can have with it. And it it sounds like cliche and stereotype, and I'm bad at doing it, but, like, it's a goal. Fuck what other people say. Like, genuinely. Mm-hmm. As long... But then... Don't do things in spite of other people. Have our genuine original ideas and just see them through. And that's all you can do. Like, play with the deck of cards that you're given. Don't let others influence you and don't do things for other people. Like, that sounds very selfish. But, like, I mean, artistically. Don't do things for other people. Don't do things for other people. In your life, like, obviously do things. Like, you know, open doors for people. Be nice. (laughs) Don't Mm -hmm. be a dick. That's an, that's another rule, but when it comes to artistic stuff, it, it, it's all about integrity to the idea, making something out of nothing, how it came to you, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to do. But that is my mantra, moving forward creatively. I'd, I'd just want to bring ideas to fruition. We'll see what other people say about them. Hard enough getting them made. <laughs> I mean. I'm I'm ready for the criticisms. Well, it may as it, it even seeing Edward's process, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. This film made me excited about like filmmaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Oh, hundred percent. I want I wanted to be in like just in the set how it all mm-hmm. looks. And constantly. we've we've recently watched Living in Oblivion with Steve Buscemi just for pleasure, and um, we. It's it's a very similar vibe of yeah. like the independent film, and so it. I'm sure. Well, you know, Martin, that I've got ideas that are in the works, and some of the friends that are listening will know that I've got ideas. But it's just a matter of getting it into that script format, and because you at the end of the day, to execute as you see through this film, to execute something like this, it requires other people's time. Yeah, and you're rel- and, a, and a lot and a lot of patience. You're relying on other people, mm-hmm. so a lot of patience. If I'm putting myself in that situation, for myself not to have a fucking breakdown, knowing who I I know who I am, so I need to like double check everything <laughs> to make sure it runs smoothly. Or quadruple check everything. That's what I mean, man. I know who I am, so I know 
my own foibles and my own, uh, you know. Foibles. Nice. Yeah, my nice. own down fucking, the, you know, the things that I'm bad at. So I need to compensate. If I'm using other people's time, I want to have scripts done. I want yeah, to have yeah. and, and all of that. So Not just like... Talking about ideas. And yeah. Shit. Yeah, 100%. So I'm not going to... I mean the run my he, trap about it until Edward from the film looked like he could have a million ideas. Definitely. Like he the way that he was like, oh, I've wrote a script and write me a script in three days. And within three days he's already like within a day he's already got a script. I love that you know shit I mean? of like, but that that is that's so Hollywood. Well, you know what I mean, like, it's just that's necessity of show business. Mm -hmm. Like back then, certain opportunities weren't available like they are now. You couldn't really put something together on you, your own. You needed backing of some sort, mm -hmm. and that involves adhering to other people's deadlines. Yeah, and yeah. being like, we need this by this, and those deadlines are possibly really important to impose on creative people because. Most artists find it very difficult to say when something is done. Yeah, especially in the amount of time that the uh, the people in the film gave Ed Wood. Like, mm. wow! If he, I feel like if he had a little bit more time, he could flesh out some of yeah, his ideas a little and bit. more money, mm. he could have done a lot better. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, because I mean, he he did. He, obviously, he was. Looking for that one film that could like skyrocket his his way into the halls of fame. Mm. You know what I mean? So like he wasn't getting that. He was making film after film, and people are like the this is the worst. I hate this film, and so much negativity. Like the, but then the, there was there was the, no way for him to like. Get off the ground because everyone's like, no, bad. Glenn bad. or Glenda would have done great today. I mean, yeah. You see what I yeah. like? It, it it's what I'm saying. Yeah. He Netflix he original, done... Glenn or Glenda. <laughs> <laughs> he would have done great right now. Glenn been, yeah. or Glenda. <laughs> and it, obviously, like a project like Glenn or Glenda was actually really emotionally difficult for him. Like, mm -hmm. he, he put honesty into that and that's he, it, he put yeah. himself on the line. So that's why I would possibly say that this is a great film because it it takes a preconception Edward being the worst director ever and it kind of like makes it difficult for you to come out the other end of this film with that same sort of opinion or or even it makes you question the word worst because does that make him bad like okay his output's bad but he's not a bad person no and his efforts weren't for nothing. Of course not, no. And seeing his whole tale on film gives you, you know, a story with an end moral. You know, it's it's a, it's not worthless. So, I don't know, maybe these titles of worst and best director, I don't think they uh But it's like you said, they do it's, the just, job. it's just an opinion. It um, is. And when those opinions get picked up by... A lot of people all at once, it becomes almost fact. Yeah, but it. But it's not fact. Not fact. No, no it's just an opinion. Because obviously, there's gonna be. I bet there's people out there that like. Edward. Edward stuff. Yeah. Like the stuff that Edward has done. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. Like they. They wouldn't have gone to watch it, 
they didn't enjoy it. It's you know a big mean? part like, of why. I... Or maybe like they've gone to watch it to see if they'll enjoy it, but then they do. But obviously, people, people are like, like no. What, people like what they like, and yeah. some people will. There will be diehard Edward fans out there, and it's a big reason why I started this podcast because there's all sorts of different preconceptions regarding all these films. You know, I'll say when we go and watch a film or if you mention a film to me, I'll know what the general consensus is. That doesn't affect my opinion on it. But no, it, of course it, not, no. It, it's interesting to know what this weird, the zeitgeist is, like the the general consensus, whatever that fucking means. I don't, I, I don't think, when it comes to films, I don't think they're like, like, always the best or the worst. I just think, some of them are weird. How did it make me some, feel? So, yeah, some yeah. some of them are weird. Some of them are like, oh, okay, this this is action adventure. Some of them are like, just not what you expected. But they're not like bad films. I really struggle. Like the best films to talk just films in terms of best and worst and top five and worst five, top ten, all of that. Who could it be? We've got a. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yeah. I feel like we're uh, probably we're at an impasse now. We've probably spoke about what uh, everything we can about Ed Wood, but uh, a great moral, you know, mm-hmm. a story like Mr. Some Ed good Wood messages is not did not lead a worthless life. Mm-hmm. It's certainly an interesting tale. And interesting to see Tim Burton doing something based in reality. Yeah, compared to like... Nightmare Before Christmas, Alice in Wonderland, The Corpse Bride, Frank and Edward Weenie. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands, all that stuff. To see him cover so, like an actual factual event was interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked it more than possibly other Tim Burton films. Simple. I like the black and white style because it completely tied in with like the 1950s Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, which Hollywood vibe. I'm like, we've talked about this before, hmm. but like, this is probably the first film, second film, second film we've watched, Eraserhead. And we've watched in black and white. Because mm. obviously, I've been like, some films that we've watched before have been in black and white at the start, but then color. So. But it, it didn't solve like a weird. It's just a nod to the era that the film was portraying. And yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a great bit of dialogue actually before we end it. I'm sure you remember where a, a, an actress was holding up two dresses and she went up to Edward and said, Which one of these dresses do you like better, the red or the green? And Edward's kind of like, It's that girl that he thinks is going to finance the movie. Yeah. And he, he's kind of sweet on her. So, like, he kind of asks a cameraman. He's like, oh, I don't want to answer this question, which dress looks better on her, so I'll divert it to this cameraman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the cameraman's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm colorblind. I'm colorblind. The light gray one. Yeah, the light. <laughs> <laughs> which is a fourth, yeah. it's a break of the fourth wall, like, you know, nodding to you that it's uh, it's black and white and this is the era that we're in. Mm-hmm. Life was like that back then. That's mm-hmm. how it... It, it's using that as a as a device, and we also get you know the Freud's, uh, the, the film is not completely devoid of Tim Burton's regular creepy vibe. Like the intro mm-hmm. was yeah. very it used scenes that we would see later in the film, but it was very uh, it went in on the 
fairy tale creepy elements. Yeah, yeah. A lot more, which that that's what you get from a normal Tim Burton film. That intro, we got it. The whole film. So, any ending thoughts? Stay true to your ideas. That's not the exact quote from Orson Welles. It's no. like, um, stay true to your dreams. Don't spend your life making other people's dreams. And there's yeah. no harm in committing to your vision or something like that. But that would be the takeaway from today, I would say. Forget the others. Stay true to your ideas. That sounds great. And, and add MIPLTD on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, hit the Mystery School up on Reddit. That's where you're going to find out what me and Martin have going on. And we have a lot more in store than just this podcast and some social media posts. Let me assure you, there's there's music to come. There's all coming. Works of a visual medium coming to you. There's going to be all sorts coming to you this summer. That is what I like to hear, bro. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for watching. What? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just dropping salt on top of this meal you're fair, preparing. Fair enough. Thank you very much for watching. Um, you know where to catch us. He's already stated everything that I need to state. We'll see you at the next film. Peace out. It's all the bees.
Three. Butter. Budlar. Baseline. Breakdown. Blossom. Bottle. Big. Bogra. Blue. Rogan. Britain. Bastard. Bitch. Rogan. Ball. Boogie on. Beer man. Berry. Bellier. Beer man. Bellier. Beer. Battle. Blog. Biscuit. Break. Breastfeed. Butter. Budlar. Baseline. Breakdown. Blossom. Bottle. Big. Bogra. Blue. Rogan. Britain. Bastard. Bitch. 